0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com.
1: This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting
2: experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists
1: couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do
3: better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you.
1: Welcome to 3AM. 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 Where we discuss and dissect the supernatural.
3: What's up guys and girls? This is a 3am podcast. My name is Sean. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. And we're just a couple friends. We tell scary stories, sometimes have hot takes on things, sometimes not so so hot. But we always got hot jokes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so uh, how you guys
4: been? Bro, did you see that shit I sent you on IG about the employees with Disneyland? What?
3: No. Oh yeah, dude. I did see that. Dude. The uh, whole like people that got arrested,
4: dude. Let me. Like, DJ didn't see it, so I'm gonna read it for you. Okay. Disney World employees among 17 people arrested in Flora, Florida child predator sting. Bro, <laughs> dude, happiest place. Happiest on earth. place on earth. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly what I was gonna say.
1: <laughs> That's wild, but unsurprising. I know, man. It's like.
3: Sharks follow the blood in the water. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, it kind of makes sense. If you
1: create a park <laughs> where the sole purpose is to lure children, then you're going <laughs> <don't> to have people <laughs> Damn, that's sus, bro. waiting that's and what, take, taking the full advantage of that. Oh, true. It's like
4: uh, Disney marketing team is like, we must lure the children. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just crazy. It's sad. Like you go there to have a good time. You're not thinking about predators
3: and then you have this shit come out. So, like, I don't know, ruins the magic. Okay, bro. So, one time I was at Disneyland, not World, but Disney nonetheless. And it was like around Christmas. So, they're doing their whole Christmas parade. And we, as a family, like me and my family, were like, hey, we got to get a picture. So, we like line up to take the picture and there's someone missing. My littlest sister is not there. Oh. So, naturally, we're like, the f***? We all start like run. Well, we. Have the body system, of course. Dude, one of these freaking employees. Body or the buddy system? Oh, sorry. I'm dropping lines from heavyweights, bro. (laughs) Uh, The buddy system, like running off to find her. Eventually we did. So nothing like this. But still, that was like terrifying. Oh, yeah. Like losing someone in a group. And she was like, she was like nine at the time. Dude, did you ever get lost in like a grocery store with (laughs) your mom? Uh,. Once that shit is
4: traumatic. <laughs> I still can vividly remember we were in Food for Less, which had like the slickest floors in the world. So I'd glide around, pretend I was like, didn't even have to pretend like
3: you had Heelys, you had them for real, for, honestly.
4: <laughs> so I was like gliding up and down the aisles, and all of a sudden I look around, my mom is gone <laughs> and it's crowded. It's like near the holidays or something. I- I've never been more scared in my life. I run around, it's like hundreds of people pushing carts every which way, and I see my mom kind of far off, and I was like, oh. And I run up and I jump on her cart because I always rode on the front. And I was like, Mom, I thought I lost you. And I looked up into this foreign Asian lady's face, <laughs> not my mom, and I was like, oh, oh. I just like jumped off and ran away. Eventually I found my mom, but I still like think of that, bro.
3: Bro, you know what the like most stressful thing in a grocery store as a kid is? Is you're lined up, you're getting up to the cash register, and your mom's like, "Oh, I forgot something. I have to go and grab it." Oh, (laughs) yeah. They're like, "Just wait here. (laughs) Just wait here." Like, because they don't want to lose their spot in line. And the guy starts scanning. You get Speedy Gonzalez. He's like beep 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 beep, Beep, beep. and you're like, (laughs)
2: like, "Oh shit! What am I gonna do when he finishes?"
3: (laughs) I don't have any money to pay for any of this.
1: That's so funny. No. She finally gets back with the dinos, and you're like, oh, God. (laughs) I was a really sociable kid, and it was problematic. So my mom had to constantly watch me uh, because I would just go and talk to strangers. She's like, like, can I get in your van? Introduced myself. (laughs) Y'all got free candy in there? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Dude,
4: that's so funny. Kalima, you were telling me about like a hotel or something? Oh, yeah. By the way, folks, Kalima's in the building. Back.
2: Finally. Yeah. I I was actually in. Florida at Disney. Oof! So it's kind of freaking me out that oh. <laughs> there are dude. This statues. all happened
3: while you were there, bro. Yeah. What, for real, uh, it
2: might have. You went strictly for Disney. Yeah, we we spent two days Disney and one day Universal. Okay. 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 Um, Disney's that big. Oh, there. it's huge. You could spend two weeks there easy. Really? Two yeah. weeks? Yeah.
1: Bro, I'm two going weeks. in October. Yeah. Bro,
2: Disney World's like s- bigger than Oahu, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> we, so Wait, we So Disney Disneyland in California. How how small is that There's in two comparison parks.
2: to Florida? Like it's gnarly. Disney bought a ton of land and was just like, we're gonna I think it has a few zip codes. That kinda Oh, a
3: few zip codes? What?
2: That's like a ludicrous song. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I got parks and area area code. <laughs> yeah. Um they uh the Disney there, I feel like they they built it to kind of like balance out the uh the forces of Florida, like with everything else happening in Florida, Florida men running rampant everywhere. Dude, an opposite and all the, things. The hurricanes. Yeah. They, uh, Disney was the only force that they could uh use to balance it. But Or did that
4: shit start when Disney came? Oh,
1: shit. <laughs> oh, shoot, dude. Walt is uh Florida man.
2: Oh, oh the, the OG. Confirmed. Wait, what are the parks there? So there's four parks. They have Magic Kingdom, Epcot. Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios. What?
3: Okay. Yeah. yeah. What is each park?
2: Bro, it's there's a lot. Like at every park, it's what is Magic? Wait, isn't kingdom? there like an
3: Animal Kingdom too? Yeah. Yeah. He said that. Oh, that's shit. just a zoo. Oh, I'm thinking Magic. Animal Kingdom, kingdom King is
2: like they have like a legit safari. Like yeah. you go on a safari.
3: A zoo safari? They have like, like hunting <laughs> safari. Yeah. yeah dude.
2: guns and <laughs> um, that's tight. Magic Kingdom is like the OG one with the big castle. Okay, so okay, like okay. regular Disneyland. Yeah, yeah. Okay. isn't there an Epcot? Is yeah, that yeah, a thing? yeah, yeah. Epcot what is based is Epcot? off of
1: like the World Fair. <laughs> All I know is that it's
2: a huge golf ball. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah is got, it in the ball? It's a, a dome. There's a ride in the ball. Yeah. Oh, huh. I think it's a roller coaster. I don't know if it's still going right now. Huh, what
1: That's is wild. the so if Magic Kingdom is regular Disneyland, Epcot is what? It's basically based
3: after the World's Fair.
4: Like What's the oh, World's yeah. Fair. Yeah, they used to do that shit when like they World had like market. No, like the world would come together and be like, this is the latest and greatest in science. Technology and all of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like they discovered like, like the Geneva Convention,
3: <laughs> yeah. but they try to market it to children. Yeah, I guess. Well, I mean, yeah, they, they designed it to market <laughs> to children and the parents that are going to be with them. So you got the adult food, which is really why I'm going. Just hella food. Don't
4: they have a sus-ass like restaurant in uh, Florida? It's like
3: mad race. Florida? In Florida or Disneyland?
1: Florida, but Bro, like, that's Disney a big world. state. I don't know. Continue, continue with Epcot, or this is in Disney World. <laughs> the it's restaurant.
4: like it's like a throwback to like the slave era, and it's a restaurant in Epcot. I'm ninety percent sure we got to Google it. This is the new technology restaurant. we have. Yeah. Humans
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> faster, stronger, smarter.
0: <laughs>
4: Look up like racist out. restaurant Expendable. in in uh, <laughs> Disney World.
2: Popular ride. Did you come across it or did you just? I don't think so.
1: No. Or did it just feel normal Gosh, to damn. you? <laughs> this
2: feels right. Um,
4: Either. Oh, all right, never mind. <laughs> Either or.
1: What do you do? Epcot has rides too. Yeah. Like they have rides, food. They come together and they say these are the world's newest technologies. No, that's the World's Fair. You asked about that. That used to be a thing that like actually signed
3: after that. So yeah. what do you do there? More rides, food. There's a bunch
2: of rides, and there's like a giant circle, and every section has like a different country. What are they? oh Oh, yeah? Because they have like different countries.
3: Yeah, a lot of more, and they have like Like food from that country too in the same area. Villages, almost like. it's like, when do the Tahitians dance?
1: (laughs) 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 It's like we're (laughs) in uh, East Berlin now. But
2: like,
3: there's a wall
2: too. (laughs)
1: It's like, no potatoes with your, uh, no fries with That's your burgers Ireland? here. Oh. We're in Ireland. Yeah. You're just hungry as hell. <laughs> you have to go to the America village to yeah. get the fr- the French fries. <laughs> did you have a
2: fun time, Kalima? <laughs> I did, yeah. But they do, they are having a new Star Wars themed resort. Oh, resort? Interesting. Resort. So not a park? No. Okay. But this thing is gnarly. So you show up. And the idea is that you're staying on a galactic cruiser. I think that's what it's called. So you sit down in a room and they like put you on a shuttle into space. Like all the rooms have big windows that look out into space. Like everything is Mm. themed off of it. So like a screen?
3: Bro, you're getting closer to space than Jeff Bezos in that thing. (laughs) yeah. Oh, so okay. I think it's
2: a I think it's a 2-day stay. I oh, I
3: did hear about the food oh, wait, wait, there too. Oh, yeah, go to back look to the food sketch, bro. It's we're supposed to look like alien food, but it's like I know the one in Disneyland Ooh. has like that, okay, that blue milk core. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, They got like also like the a burger that has like a green bun or something just so it looks like all alien. That's just a crabby patty. Right? <laughs> <laughs> probably is. They acquired so, SpongeBob.
2: 2 days, guess how much. It's it's a 2-day stay. Yeah.
1: $3,200. Oh, that's a good guess. Uh, I
3: want $4,500. I'd, I'd say, uh, say $4,501. <laughs>
2: so the price is right. Do you have a guess, Sean? I said
3: 4500 Preliminary,
2: The pre- preliminary price right now, before they've even started construction, six grand.
4: Holy <gasps> hell, dude.
2: For two days.
4: For how many people? One people's? I don't know. One people's?
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> per person? We don't know. I think it's a package, like a. Package. Who has that budget? A to infinity and beyond dude, budget. I'm not a even lot gonna lie. of people I have saw, that budget. It's not us. I saw. <laughs>
3: it's not that crazy. Straight up, I saw an Airbnb in Mexico that was a mansion that came with a chef, an activity planner, houses twenty five people for one thousand a night. That's you could do that for straight up a whole week <laughs> in Mexico. In Mexico, dude, you just gotta gamble your life there, though. yeah, uh, yeah I do you chill, you chill. Dude, I think it it ties
2: into this whole deal where like space is the new like fetish. It's frontier. a new club. Like nobody else has been in space. Like it's the final Bezos, That's like the
1: Star Trek, don't they say uh, it's the last frontier? Final frontier. Final yeah. frontier.
2: Final frontier. just said that shit. <laughs> oh, did you? Damn.
3: <laughs> I, I whispered a, I said, it, dude. I said it better though. <laughs> I was just, you know, incepting you. Huh.
4: That's crazy. Have you guys heard about like the secret – we've talked about, like, the secrets in Disneyland where the guy went around and, like, hid coins. And he hid, like, ten coins. And some of them were so obscure. And he came back the next day and, like, nine of them were found and gone. What? Like, they meticulously clean. Hmm. Crazy stuff like that. That's wild. There's, like, hidden restaurants, hidden clubs. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I did what hear about – What is Like,
1: Club 33 or something? Yeah. Uh, something like that. Bro, that What do club? you do? <laughs> you just pay money to get into it? A ton of money. Or, or starting, is starting like, – first year fee is, like – Twenty or thirty grand.
3: Holy hell.
1: That's uh toxic levels of like Disney adult. Wait, so okay. but like but like what do they do in the club?
4: You just be
2: rich. You just laugh, network and just, shit.
3: Yeah. That's it. Burn money, I'm paying whistle 30. while that, you work. The, oh my gosh.
4: Uh <laughs> bro. Cosplay. A spicy, dangerous area. What are your thoughts on adults who love the shit? out of
3: Disney. <laughs> I think that to each their own. I think there's varying levels. There is varying <laughs> levels too. It's very prevalent where
1: we're, where we live right now. Yeah. 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 Utah, Utah Utah's a hotbed for for Disney adults. Everybody got Disney stickers on their cars. Yeah, when you start putting stickers on your car of Disney, I think you've gone a little far. But, but like if you're putting we'll stickers on that.
3: your car of anything does that mean you also gone too far? Like the I, people who have their think stick so. fit your family oh, too far yeah. for their family?
1: Hell
4: yeah. <laughs> Don't wrap your family. We know a lady who paid a muralist to come into four rooms in her house. In her kitchen is like Disneyland, the castle. In her kids, each of their room they have all these murals painted. Like her entire life is Disney. Every time she gets a free day, she goes to Disney. Like flies to Disney. I that's mean, that's life. probably
3: a little excessive.
4: <laughs> to each their own, but that's
3: some nerd shit. I mean, is we nerd about conspiracy theories, so we probably the same in their eyes, but different.
4: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Is it worth it? I don't know. It's a, it, that's up to her.
3: Yeah. Like, to what, me?
4: What, Hell no. Nah. Not worth it. <laughs> not for me. Dude, that same lady who's obsessed with Disney. <laughs> she used to be a manager of mine.
3: Oh, I know who this <laughs> is now.
4: <laughs> She straight up said out loud, she doesn't consider the non-white princesses, Disney princesses. Oh. <laughs> what? So she's like I mean, she's like I don't like I mean, Mulan. I don't like and she named all the brown princesses. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, "So you like the white ones?" And she's like, "Huh?" Yeah, I guess. And we're
2: like, "Whoa." Oh my god. She just
4: like didn't see the issue with that. <laughs> That's so cringe, dude. Yeah, she's still working. She'll get canceled. Anyway, <laughs> That's enough of <with> Disney. <laughs> That's it? You, you should
3: just add her name. Bleep it if you want, but
4: Kelly, you know who you are? Oh <laughs> uh, dude, Disney Channel original movies though? Did y'all ever watch them? Lit, bro. I straight Didn't up y'all remember. Ever watched them?
3: Have you ever heard of that?
4: I remember. Sean even watched them. Yeah, yeah, dude.
3: We even saw those in homeschool. Bro.
4: Oh, dude, what the? <laughs> they probably had a Disney Channel original movie about homeschool. It was like, dude, they probably did. <laughs> uh, I remember going home from friends' houses to be like, dude, sorry, like, don't look under the beds about to drop. You know, like, <laughs> brink is about to drop. I gotta go. Oh, you know? dude, I remember brink, legit Johnny
3: Johnny tsunami, wow. bro. Do you know there's a Johnny tsunami too? Yeah, back on board. Yeah, like <laughs> Johnny Kapahala. That's so funny.
4: Uh, There was one night Seth and I stayed up till like 3 a.m. Shit. I didn't even do that on purpose. Uh, And we we got, we were kind of like OCD and weird kids and we got really stuck. We had to name every Disney Channel original movie we could. And we got all but eight. All but eight, dude? Keep in mind, this is like. I don't know if I could name eight. Bro, we went so deep. Like hours. High Hmm. School Musical 1 through 4 is going to be four of those. (laughs) Do you remember like Smart House? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Halloween. dude. Halloween
1: Town. Halloween uh, Town One, Two, two Three five. Calabar's Revenge, bro. <laughs> the thing is, there uh, there were a few things. I like that got strike, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> that made you feel uh like the like Disney original movies made you feel especially like when the intro was starting, kids were doing like backflips. Oh shit, shit. <laughs> into like from like the film reels.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh dude, when that was starting, uh my my heart just fully just, bricked. Yeah. Your heart. Just Twitter painting. Yeah. dude.
2: <laughs> and then on the Monday, going back to school and like having discussions. Oh, yeah.
4: All. Just the hottest takes. It's <laughs> like, I know he's 13, but like, if I <laughs> became a leprechaun, yeah. <laughs> that was like lucky something. My 13th year, motocross. You remember that? Motocross, oh, you my wouldn't my be allowed gosh. to make today.
3: Bro, I, I, half, I was like, half the movies the would
4: not, be, oh, true. Half <laughs> of
1: all movies and media uh, would not pass today? So funny. What else is there? Dude, I don't know. It's funny because it, there's like a clear line drawn between like our generation Disney and the next generation Disney. Like people will be talking about like Band camp? Yeah. Uh, camp uh, Rock. Camp, camp yeah, Rock was what, kind of <laughs> what that is. I don't know, but bro. we all had to think about it. That was kind uh, of fire though. Is Zoe one oh one Disney?
3: I don't, I don't know. Or that Nick? I have no Either, idea. Either or.
1: Like it was all meshed into one thing, but. Like Sweet Life with Zach and Cody.
3: Okay, that but was after also me. unrelated, kind of related. Like the cartoons on Cartoon Network when we were watching Cartoon Network versus now. I'm always like, the fuck is this?
1: Like in what way? Which ones?
3: <laughs> oh, okay. Actually, oh, shit. The, the one I'm thinking of is actually also Disney. So it's not what, even Cart- Cartoon Network. You're cartoons that you used to watch compared to now? You look at the ones now, and you're like, "What the hell is this?" Like on Cartoon Network, yeah. Specifically, like there was one where all of these weird animals were in a house, and they're like imaginary friends or something like that. DJ looks ready to attack your thoughts. <laughs> no, I'm just saying the <laughs>
1: cartoons we watched were strange too.
3: I mean, Scooby Doo, all I real Feel monsters. Like is, do you remember that? No. I remember
1: the dude with the hairy <laughs> hairy pits. That's scared scared me eyeballs. eyeballs. What the? <laughs> yeah.
3: Uh, that was Nick
1: though Rocco's Modern Life Nick. Ren and Stimpy Nick There were just a bunch of Yeah Nick was like the risque version of Disney That like uh, Traditional parents wouldn't let their kids watch Dude my like, mom would not let my sisters watch Rugrats Because she thought Angelica was too bratty Bro my,
2: <laughs> that's my wife the same deal Yeah Like she wasn't allowed to watch Yeah it? her mom was like No you're not watching that yeah. That's
1: hilarious Rugrats? That is funny My girlfriend yeah, wasn't Rugrats. allowed to watch a Spongebob growing up
4: What Dude now like six year olds sing songs about eating ass on TikTok and stuff <laughs> Like parents gave up, dude. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Do you remember on uh, Nickelodeon, they would have like the obstacle course? Like, you find the flag in the nose and you pull, like, the goo. Was that? And- oh,
3: guts? What was that called? Um, like, Splooge or something. <laughs> splooge.
1: Uh, splurge. Surge. Surge
3: is also dude, surge. of our era. Lasted okay, lot, so all but two years. I didn't watch a whole lot of TV growing up. So, what I did watch was probably the most mainstream. Meaning like Scooby-Doo yeah. or like Dragon Ball Z. I think it is called or Guts. Like, Sorry. <laughs> oh, it could be. Did you know Scooby-Doo, the movie
1: in the 2000s, was uh, written and originally filmed to be rated R? No what? Yeah. way. Yeah. That's, that sounds like. No, I'm dead ass. Like uh, Velma and Daphne both had like titties, dude. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> And uh they had okay, to I'm like What's up? CGI all of that out. Uh
3: CGI that out?
1: The one with yeah, like Sarah was uh, Herbie, 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 uh, uh, Herbie fully loaded. They had to like They had to the CGI stuff out for that? <laughs> they had to uh like uh CGI or, like, reduce the size of the Bro, Nancy are Lohan's you talking about breasts. the
3: Scooby-Doo that came out on Pornhub, not on <laughs> no, freaking I'm, TV?
1: <laughs> I'm talking about the, the actual Scooby-Doo that was supposed to be rated R. Um, But there is subtle parts uh, in the final cut that are very intentional that only an adult like would adult? understand. Uh, like, in the beginning, they open up the van and only Scooby and... Uh, Shaggy. Shaggy are in there. Don't disrespect and, my uh, They're playing music from the radio, and it's past, past the duchy. the duchy
4: party late. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's smoke coming out, and you're yeah. like, oh, they're getting
1: super high. And then you open it, and they're just, like, grilling sausages. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Colima's finding something on the Rated R Scooby movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see some
3: of the images. Popping I do bro. <laughs> I don't know. I don't
1: know we need to uh, petition to get that Rated R cut out. Yeah. Release <laughs> that shit. It's 2021. Who throttled that? I don't know, dude. Probably, state, bro. probably, probably some
3: like mommy blogger. The mommy
1: blogger. Probably everyone who loves <laughs> Disney. They would have gotten away with it too if it wasn't for those mommy <laughs> bloggers.
3: Uh, <true. laughs>
1: Let's start. <Yeah>. Let's <laughs> start.
4: Where the hell are we? Give me our dice. All right, now we roll our 20 sided die. Okay. Now we roll our 20 sided die to determine in what order we tell our story's highest number goes first.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's. Allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give better help a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit BetterHelp.com/3am, and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp H-E-L-P.com/3am.
3: So when the scammer uses the hypnotic method of building rapport, then they create dysfunctional, delusional reality.
2: That's how a scam begins people who run the cons. So, we go to your bank, you go in and get 6000 cash, give us each 3000, we give you this. Uh-huh. You go home and what you find out is cut up newspaper. It's fun to know how the trick is done, and that's what scams and cons is all about. Listen at scamsandcons.com
3: or wherever fine podcasts are found. In the roll. <gasps> I got a 10, Charles got a 3, Deej got a 1.
4: Bro.
1: Oh no. oh no We really should come up with something for critical roles
3: We probably should Alright guys, I'm starting this out tonight I have a story from a listener who's submitted other stories before And he's got some fire ones It's our homie, Dan Smith Whoa yeah. Return of the Dan, bro Return of the Dan, bro So he shared this a little bit ago and he said, "The first wilderness." And actually, let me just really quick recap who Dan is. Um, Caveman Dan. Caveman Dan. He's the one who told the story of West Desert. He was out on one of those. What are those called? Like a like a youth, like a, a youth, problem
4: youth, like camp, camp or something.
3: Yeah, basically holes without the holes. Uh, well, <laughs> basically these problem youth camps. And they had some run-ins with stalkers, colts, basically that kind of stuff out in West Desert in Utah. And he took us out there. He took us out here. It was like, what, February maybe? Yeah. And it was it was kind of out there. It was pretty sweet. We were a little lost for a minute, but we we made it. Um, anyways, his story. He is talking about the first wilderness program that he worked on. And he said it was out in Jarbridge. And Bruno Wilderness area, which is, I think, edge of Idaho, like on the border of Idaho, Nevada. And Dan said that he, while he was working out here, heard the legend of Sitika, S I T E C A H. Sitika. Sitika. Or the red haired giants that lived in Nevada. Nearly 2,000 years ago. So their legend— The ginger cryptids. to the ginger cryptids, bro. Soulless monsters. (laughs) But really, though. Anyways, um, their legends were passed down by oral tradition in the Paiute tribes. So these have come down for 2,000 years, and they used to live in the Nevada desert, or it may not even have been desert at that time. The giants were apparently terrifying— and they would harass the Paiute tribes and capture their victims to then eat them. So these cannibalistic red-haired giants living out in the middle of Nevada doing their thing. Now, the sitika also translate to tool eaters, T-U-L-E, which is basically like a, like a cattail, like reed-type situation. And the reason for that is they're said to have lived in these huts that they built out of like these cattails on Lake Humboldt in Nevada before it dried up. So they these huts they built out of the reeds were out on the middle of the lake. Now, in this Scythika tribe, there weren't as many in the tribe, but they were giant and that's kinda why they brought trouble to the Paiute nation, because there's a bunch of different tribes in the Paiute nation they were just bigger and that's why they kind of caused all these troubles. Huh. So after generations of battling the red-haired cannibal giants, the Paiutes are like, we got we've had enough. And so they go out to all of their tribes within the area and they basically send out this rallying cry to go against the red-haired giants. Depending on what like story or record or legend you listen to, one of them says that even the war lasted for months as they're coming after these red-haired giants trying to just destroy them off the face of the earth. And as the war is coming to an end, the last of the giants are driven to one of their last strongholds in the middle of Nevada. Just outside of Lake Humboldt, there's a cave. Now, this cave in modern day is called Lovelock Cave. And they basically have this stronghold in the cave and the Paiutes are not trying to go in. They're not trying to go in to fight them in their own territory. So they're blocking them inside the cave and they demand that the giants come out and face them. And the giants refuse. (laughs) Obviously. Now, afraid that the giants would resurface sometime in the future, they're afraid to let them just live. So the Paiute nation stack up trees and brush and all of these flammable materials in front of the cave. And in one fell swoop, launch hundreds of fiery arrows off into this brush to burn the giants alive and suffocate them within their cave. So they light this entrance on fire and basically kill off the giants. Not long after, I don't know, years or so, apparently there was an earthquake that then closed off the entrance to this cave. And actually, Kalima, do you want to pull up the cave real quick? It's one of my images. This is Lovelock cave. And this is modern day too. So like you can see where there's a lot of like rubble out there in front of the cave, even still. Now, as time passed, the giants kind of just faded into legend for the Paiute people and were all but forgotten in this oral tradition. However, the one thing that still lived in the caves were bats. So, the bats after even the uh earthquake closed up essentially the cave, there's still small entrances and everything going into it. In the early 1900s, so now we're getting closer to our time period now. Early 1900s, some of the settlers in the area notice thousands of bats coming and going from this cave. And at the time, bats are basically used for their guano because at the time that was used for gunpowder, it was like a key element in making gunpowder. So the local people are like, we're seeing thousands of bats come and go in this cave. There's got to be guano in there, Uh, basically a gold mine of guano, basically. So they decide to unearth the cave. So they start opening it up, and that's how you see kind of the boulder field as it is right now.
1: Wait, the bats were going – tons of bats were going in and out of the cave. Yes. And how did they deduce that there was gold in it?
3: Sorry. Bat guano, which is as good as gold. Yeah. Bat droppings. Bat droppings. It's as
0: good
4: as gold. Back in the day, yeah. It was yeah. very valuable. There's been For wars what? wars fought over, over guano. guano
1: because it's used in making – They went batshit gun- crazy? That's where the term <laughs> exactly. comes from. Exactly. Really? Yeah. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, why? Like, is it like a source of uh, fuel?
4: Well, he said it's. they use it for gunpowder. I've heard it's it was used for like uh, fertilizer or something.
3: It, so there's Can a specific element that's in it. Here, let me. Um,
4: they like hell and needed it before like they invented something.
3: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Let's see. That's look where the term batshit crazy comes from. It's not Damn, that I'm one. Damn, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> so it was used for nitrogen because guano has – is a great source of nitrogen.
4: So I think Oppenheimer or – no, wait. Someone came up with a way to, like, pull nitrogen out of the air. So until then, yeah, bat guano was, like, Basically gold. what
3: you would use, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, like, all the settlers seeing thousands of bats come and go from this cave, they're like, basically, it's a gold mine for them because it's going to be worth a lot of money. Now, they unearth the cave, and they start heading in, and first of all, yeah, they find hella guano in there. But along with that, they start to find tons of artifacts. Artifacts that were that belonging to the red haired giants that were just preserved in this cave because it had collapsed. Which is insane. The first time we ever heard of giants were the ones in
1: Afghanistan. Also they're in the cave. And red headed. Dude. Dude, you're really a dying race. Bro, I am, bro. You know? But we've never heard of giants on American soil. Uh, well, yeah.
3: Not on the podcast.
1: Outside of like Bigfoot, which I don't know if
4: there's the mounds over like oh yeah near the Great Lakes that people
3: reckon are giant. Well, one me. one uh, skeleton was unearthed that was what nine feet tall or something like that. Oh. And I can't remember what they called it. Uh, but basically, it was like I want to say it was like in Illinois or like Iowa or something. Any on the west coast? Well, the closest would be here in Lovelock, um, Nevada. Why are the why is the baseball team the Giants? Is there a credence to that? Well, there's Giants in New York too, bro. I don't know. Oh, damn. <laughs> Two
1: sports. I love it.
3: <laughs> I love all the sports. Just the sports, bro. <laughs> but anyways, basically they find all these artifacts and they're in it for the money, so they could care less. There's this company that basically materializes in the area to just go in and mine the guano and They don't care about the artifacts, so it's basically being discarded. However, once archaeologists hear about the discovery, they went in to kind of go and preserve the artifacts, do a little more studying, and figure out what it is that they had found. And even though a ton of artifacts were discarded, it said that thousands of artifacts were still, like, maintained. Two of the most famous things that were found in the cave were two bodies of mummified giants. One— being eight feet tall, and the other one, six foot five. They believe the eight foot one was the man, the six foot five was the woman. And I have a couple of pictures here to kind of show you. Bro, yeah. You it's so it. big you can't even, you can't even see, that. see
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> The screen cropped it. Damn. <laughs> these giants were huge. They, they were so big, bro. There's not enough pixels for these guys.
3: <laughs> but basically... It's like eight feet tall. If you can, there you go. Uh, oh, there terrifying! Go, dude. Yeah, dude, so scary. Um, Them legs, dude. Dude, legs for days. Dude, I like I like me some long legs. You know. <laughs> so basically, they find two bodies within the cave of Lovelock, the Lovelock Cave, and additionally, in 1931, more remains were found in the dried-up Lake Humboldt, just close by the cave, and these were even bigger. What is that a baby? I think so.
1: This, that's like the size of a human?
3: Dude, it might be, bro. That's Either scary. way, it's giant. Mommy long legs. <laughs> Can't stop looking. <laughs> Later on, the two that they found in the lake, one was ten foot tall and the other was eight and a half feet tall. Ooh. So they find a couple of these remains and even today they're they have artifacts and like skulls at the Humboldt like museum, the local museum right around the area, and I don't know why Don Monroe was there, but I saw it on a bunch of pictures. Is that like uh, they may have named it Don yeah. Monroe, but anyways, essentially, this is the legend that Dan heard He's while he was out in Don the- Monroe <laughs> <laughs> Dude, true, true, bro, <laughs> um, this is the legend he heard, and like to this day, that's all we really know about them. I don't know if people even done like extended studies on the giants, because you don't really hear about them. It's kind of this obscure thing. But at some point, just a state over, less than six hours away, there were red haired giants just wandering around here. So they went into the cave and they just found uh, like
1: skulls and you said artifacts. Artifacts. Um, Any I may other have artifacts? actually. I might have like one wh- of those what pictures. Kind
3: of artifacts. They are talking about like weapons? Oh, that's the intro. Yeah, they did actually like, find. They have like images here, but not a whole lot of artifacts. This one's kind of the wildest one right here, like in my opinion. It shows the jaw of like a normal human versus the jaw of the sitika. And that is. Oh. Huge. Dude. That's not real. No way! Cannibal giants of North America, next to the cast what of
4: what the hell?
3: No way, bro! If you run into these things in freaking middle of nowhere today, they're either playing basketball or you're dead, bro. Those are just Tongans now. <laughs> How big was Andre the Giant? Huge. Have you ever seen him carrying a beer can? Oh, there's a like giant versus like regular people. Um. Oh my that's terrifying is that bro. an
1: actual skeleton like the the lady with the legs
3: I think so because that was the one that was pulled up earlier but just by itself dude how is this not a, a bigger deal than it I don't know like that's <laughs> something that's like blowing me away I didn't like I hadn't heard of these dude a hundred and two <laughs> episodes and we're only
1: now hearing about these giants bro I pretty have small a, deal to me <laughs> I have
4: a folder a of like giant folder? research I've been doing giant oh. porn <laughs>
3: Your folder? That city uh, erotica, bro. You two need to
1: grow up, okay? Real big, real big, real BBW. All Eight. these giants.
4: There's giants in, evidence of giants in Vietnam, evidence of giants in Japan, evidence of giant... Giants in Japan are
1: just like normal. normal, normal yes. They're like 5'10". <laughs> They're
4: like, holy shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> holy shit. <Yeah. laughs> holy shirt. <laughs>
3: Uh, there's giant evidence
4: of giants in Patagonia.
3: Um, oh, I remember those ones. I've heard of those. And then Agartha. Agartha. Yeah, bro. Well, you can add the Sitika to your list. That's sick. But that's the story that Dan shared, and that's that's basically all that he heard in the legend. Dude, that's crazy. But it makes me want to go and check out like Lovelock Cave. And you should. Like, why, like, didn't,
1: why didn't nobody like weaponize the giants? They just want to kill all of them. I mean it could threat cuz
3: they were cannibals and eating them. Yeah. Befriend them and be like go eat that nation. Okay, you right. You right. Take those people for us. Dude, the pen is mightier than the sword, but
1: <laughs> nobody was smart back then. Now they're like because if we took care of the giants, dude, they would be the alpha race.
4: Oh. The Olympics yeah. would just be giants. Every country's giants fighting. Oh my god. That'd be so gosh, sick. That dude. would be
1: wild. Giant households.
4: I thought you were going to say, you know how they were like, they trapped them in the cave? Yeah. I thought you were going to say when they unearthed it, they were still in there. Oh. Because like redheads don't need
3: sunlight. It's true. <laughs> we don't have souls to kill. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> dude, I was ready for it. Uh, no, that, that's basically it. So shout out to Dan for sharing yet another story. That's freaking wild. I've never heard of that. And it's so close. Yeah. So. Who
4: the hell Lives in Nevada, bro. <laughs> like I get now that like Vegas is there, but other than that, like Reno. Every time it's I drive also to Reno, all
3: on the edge too. So it's like in the middle of Nevada, nothing. Yeah, Nevada, when I nobody, the road, no, nobody fully
1: nothing. commits to Nevada.
3: Hell
1: no. <laughs> like I'm ready to dip as soon as I, <laughs> yeah, as soon as uh, another opportunity presents itself. Nevada's a cursed state, dude. It's strange.
3: It's very cursed. Like there Perry is
1: 51. There are lawless, actual lawless uh like trailer parks in the middle of nevada
3: i imagine when i was driving through it and like no cars for miles it was a little like creepy dude oh hell yeah
4: dark energy bro like with all the mob history all the serial killer activity and shit out there
3: yeah well and the other thing that randomly nevada has is more mountain ranges than any other state like, if you look at, like, a topo map of Nevada, it's just line after line after line of, like, mountain ranges. So just ton of ton of, like, mountains, caves, creepy-ass shit, it's just all of the above. Who settled there in the first place? Bro, that's Native where the Americans Donner thought. Party were what headed. What
1: terrible decision-making.
4: Native Americans, but, like, for uh, Europeans, it was the Mormons and the mobsters, bro. That's the mobsters like, and Mormons? Yeah, that's, like, where – who, like, founded Vegas. <laughs> and then aliens. Area 50, 51.
3: True. True. Terrible.
4: But like if you're a, a Native American growing, bu- growing up back in the day, it's like you had the option of growing up in California Pacific or Northwest. Nevada. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. sucks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Pacific Northwest or Hard. high or, Winters. Yeah.
4: <laughs> doo. You should have moved.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
4: That's crazy. And what are redheads
3: doing in Nevada? It's like the sunniest state in the world. Okay. So actually, in, I don't know where the redheads come from, but... In this story, the sense of the story, but I was reading a little bit on it and apparently there's something to do with like how the, uh, air like contaminated the skulls and everything when they found it, that it made it appear like they had red hair. And that's where the legend comes from. I don't know if that's factual. Mm -hmm. That's just kind of what it seemed like. True or false. Redheads are the last group of people you were allowed to openly shit on. True or false. The last group of people you can shit on, I feel like, like they're they're without the first, any repercussions.
4: no nah. no, I'm saying like they're the last group you can shit on, and no one will say anything. No, nah. oh yeah, dude, where's where's my rip? rights here? The Amish. I talked about that last week. Can you just openly rip on Amish? People might be like, "Bro,
1: come on, take a stand for them. Come on, that's punching not a, down." Nah,
3: dude, not at all. I mean, I
1: mean, with all the like the domestic abuse that they that goes oh, on through them. Oh. <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, they won't. That you're but not going to get any themselves. pushback. You're not. Gonna <laughs> yeah. get, you're going to get any pushback from them. No. Yeah, you're right.
4: So <laughs> that's true. Okay, fine. Redheads and Amish people.
1: Imagine being a redhead Amish.
4: Oh, <laughs> dude,
1: <laughs> dude, that is the, LeBarn James. The bottom, <laughs> the bottom of society. <laughs> Crazy, bro.
4: I love that. That was
1: awesome.
3: Yeah, no, that was a cool story. And shout out to Dan for once again delivering. Yeah. Okay, so are they giants? Are real giants are real like we have um, well i mean as as real as dinosaurs are because we have bones of them too so. how big was andre the giant
1: huge for real
3: dude he had to been like eight foot maybe seven foot four seven four he was small bro what's the? But he ta- was wide yeah he was yeah like, i yeah. think that's darn.
1: part of it like when you look at his hand i feel like the tallest the size of a cinder man
3: block. that like recently has been like nine nine feet yeah but those what's the tallest it's in meters What the (laughs) frick? Eight foot 11? Ooh, that's close. That's tall, bro. Their head is out of this freaking room. I'm terrified.
1: Do you think they were mad that they weren't nine foot?
3: Oh, 100%. Dude, it's like how all dudes put their height as six foot on uh, dating apps if they're like (laughs) 5'11. How do you know what all guys do on dating apps? Oh, sorry. I was talking to my sister (laughs) the other day and swiping for her because she doesn't want to swipe for herself. I got her hella matches though. Just saying,
4: bro. That pose, that's the effing redheaded monster or redheaded giant from the picture.
3: Straight up, that's the uh, hole. That's the
1: house help in uh, Adam's family. <laughs> oh, you rain. What is his <laughs> name?
3: Like Lurch or something? Lurch. Lurch, Lurch. There it is. That's wild. That's terrifying, bro. Crazy. But that's me for tonight, guys. Thanks, dude. Yeah, no, it was was It was a fun one to read about. Sweet. So I'm up?
4: Yep. Yes, sir. All right. So I left everyone hanging <laughs> last week, and we're going to finish that story. I'll catch uh, Kalima up real quick. So it is 1965, 1966 in the South Pacific. An Aussie man is out in the middle of nowhere testing some fishing equipment. When he sees looming out of the dark. An island. And curious he grabs his binoculars and he looks at the island. And he's like scanning the cliff sides. And on the lush green cliff side he sees evidences of fires. And he thinks this is weird because fires don't randomly break out on tropical islands. So as he's watching and as he's looking around. A dark figure. Steps out of the Bush. Shaggy black hair, naked, staring at him. He's staring at it. It makes its way down a little bit to the cliff, leaps off the cliff into the water. Startled, him and his crew watch as this figure swims, starts swimming towards his boat. So he yells at everyone. Everyone pulls up the ladder, pulls up the ropes. They're all scared. And as this is happening, several more figures are coming out onto the cliffside and they start screaming. They see the body or the the figure swim up and then disappear to the side of the boat. And they hear, help. We need your help. And this is where I cut it off and I was like, all right, I'll finish the rest next week. We are in the South Pacific, specifically the kingdom of Donga. Malolele malo. Hey. Uh, You can pull up the first. They're specifically at the island of Atta. This island is southwest or east of the, the main island of Tonga. And this island has like a crazy history. Before we get into that, DJ, your dad is from Tonga. You've been to Tonga. Tell us about it. What's it like? What's the culture? What is the
1: term fob? <laughs> it's been almost 18 years since I've been. So my memory is pretty uh, pretty faded. But I didn't really see the poverty. I don't think I was old enough to recognize any of it. I do remember at staying at my grandparents' house, which is the house they've always been in. Animal, farm animals coming in and out of the house. Just normal. I thought it was the coolest thing, man. (laughs) It made me think of Jumanji, you know. (laughs) Uh, Catching our dinner, whether it was fishing. I remember going out with my dad and uh, all his brothers and my grandpa, and we were fishing with a. You ever use that like ghetto rig, where it's like a soda can and like the fishing line? Have you ever seen that? No. Oh, like
3: where it's wrapped around the. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: or like a, a glass bottle. And you like throw your line with the hook on it And you just reel it in with your hands Yeah Uh, I remember trying to catch like chickens And I was like running after them And all my cousins who I didn't I I can't speak Tongan They could barely speak English But they were laughing laughing (laughs) laughing at me the whole time You're slow (laughs) You're so slow You're just not smart Yeah you walk Why you walk Don't run (laughs) But You're then, uh, yeah, my asthma all acting yeah. up. We have um, no asthma. Yeah, <laughs> we have good lung. Yeah, um, Your lung but shit. <laughs> they uh, they were smart. They would set up traps, like they set up a like a little it was like a frame of two by four with chicken wire stand it up with a stick and then just put some uh uncooked rice underneath and the chicken would come and they'd pull the, the, the stick with a string and catch it and then that would be our, our <laughs> di- no, up, be our dinner no straight up be our dinner. We crawl under my we went so we could see Tonga and also so my dad could see his grandma uh his grandma uh because she was she was bedridden and it was it was getting mm. close and she passed away a few a few years later. Oof. But uh we would like Sneak into grandma's house, which was right next door, and uh, we would uh, crawl under her bed and would steal uh, her snacks like peanut butter. You're dying, grandma. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, That's my so dad gave crazy. me the idea because yeah. he was like, Oh, we would always steal like her snacks, they're under her bed. You should go look, like, some of my cousins, <laughs> and you're like, Peanut butter, <laughs> <laughs> crawl under the, the bed and, and steal her snacks, but. Tonga is a, a really beautiful island and uh it's very I mean like most of Polynesia, it's food and family, the most important things, and uh also religion. They're very uh God God fearing people.
4: Very traditional.
1: Very traditional. Very cultural. Yeah, I remember uh chopping wood for the fire to cook and the axe was dull. <laughs> And I hurt myself with it. It like ricocheted off the wood and it went into my shin. Oh, and.
4: Bro, you have like a
1: thing for hurting your legs. (laughs) I I, I went to my grandma who's still around and I was like, Grandma, I cut myself with an axe and she can speak some English. And she's like, Oh, oh, I, I have something. She went outside, found like some herb or weed, like picked it, put it in her mouth, and she started chewing it for five minutes. And then she spit it out and it came out looking like pesto. <laughs> and she just put it on my wound. And dude, I swear in like three days, fully healed.
3: Oh like, my gosh. Yeah.
1: Like no scab or anything. Like
4: Bro, all the Tongans I live with have stories like this. Yeah. yeah. They're like, I fell out of the coconut and like bone is out of my arm. <laughs> And four day later, is better. Like no, no scar. And I'm
3: like, what?
1: Yeah, my but d- they really do have some like healing magic, bro. Yeah, my dad uh, would talk about how uh, one of his brothers broke his leg or his ankle or something, and they would just massage it. They wouldn't take you to the hospital. They didn't have health insurance. Yeah, massage. And they would bro. just like press their thumb into like where you broke your bone and just massage it for hours every day. And after two weeks, you're walking, running. <laughs> playing rugby. Normal. Yeah, playing <laughs> rugby back at it again. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a very simple way of life.
4: You, uh, you could say, I mean, I don't know about now, but back in the 60s, pretty primitive and super traditional.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, uh, we had electricity when I went, but it was like, Two light bulbs in the house, you know, (laughs) so crazy. One in the kitchen and one in like mom and dad's bedroom, and like that was it. Crazy. Some electric fans. So that was in. uh, That was like the mid two thousands when we went. Okay, what does fob mean? Fob, and why do we speak the way we speak? Is applicable to uh, almost every third world country or foreign country. I'd say Um, non English speaking country, and it stands for fresh off the boat. (laughs) And it's commonly used for uh, Polynesians and uh, Asians. Yeah. There's a funny show called Fresh Off the Boat. Oh, yeah. Um, But it's basically uh, like your mannerisms, your tendencies, and especially uh, your language. It's like not quite Western. Uh, It's just broken Western. (laughs) Like they're trying to accommodate to Western lifestyles and language uh, and culture, but it's not quite there, which is fine. But it's also just so funny. It's like, so funny, bro. Yeah. Uh, fob like like speaking Fob in like Hawaii is like I don't know. It's just something that everybody. <laughs> ha- it's it's I don't know. It's it's funny. It's, it's so funny. funny.
4: When I lived like, in Australia, it's like I lived in ninety percent uh, Samoan areas, and yeah, people trying to talk to you, you just sit there. It's it's like so genuine and sweet, but it's the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> They're just like, you know, you go. Have a good day. And you're just like, okay, yeah. thank, you. thank yeah. you.
1: Yeah, yeah. My dad's still a little fob. Uh I remember I was not a good student. And the first time I got below a C, it was a D. And he's like, Is this a D on your report card? I was like, Yes. It's like it's D for Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have a Tom son? <laughs> <laughs> And every time he'd go on his rant, <laughs> Kalima was looking away because he, <laughs> he knows my dad. Um, yeah, like every time he'd like uh, get angry at me and yell at me, I couldn't keep a straight face. <laughs> man's English was so bad. You I'm know? sure that helped. I was like, yeah, tell me about it, huh? Yeah. Tell me about it. He's grounded. Yeah.
4: <laughs> uh, tell the story when uh, they were taking a photo. And your little brother jumped in the photo, and it was supposed to be all female photo. He's like, all the
1: girls in the front are, and all the men in the back, and like Bubba, just like sits in the front, and he's like, Bubba, it's you, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's so strange. It sounds, it, it, if you've never heard, especially like Polynesian fob, this is probably not funny. But if, <laughs> if you are They're tuned out, they just turned it If off. you're around it, dude, it's uh, such an integral part of our, our culture. And and humor. And humor. Yeah. And it's it's a huge reason why like everybody in uh Hawaii like makes fun of each other, but it's all lighthearted. Like yeah. nobody takes it love. seriously. Like everybody dishes it out. Uh yeah, and you just take it. <laughs> <laughs> or you get a bunch.
3: Get a bunch through the face.
4: I got this story from uh my Favorite Murder. Oh, sick. Yeah. And they have a ton of sources. I'll put them all in the show, show notes and stuff like that. But yeah, this story comes from 60 Minutes and, and My Favorite Murder. All right. So this is where we're at. We're in Tonga, the island of Ata. And the island of Ata has a crazy history. It's a small volcanic island. And the beach is like tiny. And right, let's say like 20 yards off the beach is just like straight rocky cliffs. And actually, Tongan legend is the island of Ata is the first island that Maui and his brothers pulled out of the ocean, hmm. the very first. And they pulled it out, and it was so mountainous. And they were like, man, we got to make this flat, like, easy to live on. So they tried to stomp it, and uh, it was a lot of work. So they are like, F that, and they just left it <laughs> mountain. And when they pulled up the the main island of Tonga, um, they are like, okay, this time let's do it carefully and let's make sure it's flat. So like people – so like the main island of Tonga, of Tonga super flat. This one, 1,300-foot cliffs, just like right there. The lowest part of the cliff is uh, like a 1,000 feet.
1: Oh, that's so strange because the Tonga I know is flat. Like, yeah. There are no – not even a hill. Yeah. And the main island in Tonga is tiny, and it's the biggest one. <laughs> so this is <laughs> like, even tinier, To bro. drive across from – uh, the main island in Tonga is like a strip – and to drive from one end to the other takes 45 minutes, going, <laughs> going 30 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and it everyone's tiny, like, slow it down. Yeah. <laughs> you speed. Yeah.
4: <laughs> you mainland boy. Uh, so feel free to chime in with FOB anytime you want. Um, yeah, the island of Ata. So this is 1966. I believe in 1863, people used to live on this island. There was a population of 350 Tongans. And an Aussie fisherman was just down there, pulled up to the island, and it was like, oh, I know, I know what I'm going to do. And he kidnapped half the people, and he took them back and sold them into slavery.
3: Oh, my gosh. So the king of Tonga. As, as one does. As an Aussie
4: does. Yeah. <laughs> so King Tupo, at the time, he's like, we're having none of that, sent boats down there and made everyone leave this island and come up and be safer up near where everyone else was. So it was a completely abandoned island. And that's uh, that's where we're at. Going back to the main island of Tonga. This is a year before that incident of the people with the boat and the things swimming up to the boat, right? So this is a year before that. Mm-hmm. A year plus. Uh 1965 in Nukualofa, which is like the main town on the main island of Tonga. There are six young Tongan boys. And they name they're between the ages of 13 and 16. Mm-hmm. DJ, do you want to pronounce these names? Or do you want me to do it? I want to hear you do it. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we have six friends between the ages of 13 and 16. The first one is Luke. Easy enough. <laughs> uh, Ve- Veikoso. Uh, his, he's 16. Nope, he's 15. Uh, then there's Stephen Fatailatu, 16. Sione Fatuoa, 16. I'm, I'm just pretending now. And then there's David Tavita. Siolae or Siola'a, rather, 13. He's the youngest. Kolo, Fekitoa, and e Mano, Tau. <laughs> Say that one. Good part. job, dude. T-O-T-A-U. Tata'u. Tata'u. He's 15. So Luke, Stephen, Sione, David, Kolo, and Mano. So, these are Tongan boys. They're all going to a Catholic boarding school, I think. St. Andrew's College Boarding School in Tonga, And they are super bored. And they hate it. They hate all the rules. So, they're like, you know what? Let's go on an adventure. We should leave. And the the other boys are
1: like, you know what? That's a good idea. (laughs) Where do we go? You're like yeah exactly where do they go, <sighs> go on this island we can go to Fiji oh that kind of adventure <laughs> or we can run away to New Zealand
3: oh okay
4: Fiji's 500 miles away oh that's it New Zealand is 1500 miles away <laughs> that's more miles <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what what is Tongan's relationship or nature when it comes to sharing possessions? Uh, They'll give you everything. Yeah. And also, like, ownership, you don't own anything. So it's like... Uh, Oh, that too, yeah. If I
1: need that, I use that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. When I uh, got to the Philippines, one of the missionaries there, it was Tongan. And if you're Mormon, he's the AP. But he would just uh, come into our house and just start eating. (laughs) Like, eat whatever we had. And you're like, oh, that's, uh, I was safe. No, it's chill. Yeah. <laughs> but then he'd always leave, like, $5. <laughs> he wouldn't tell anybody, that He'd, like, leave it in the fridge.
4: <laughs> but, yeah, like, when it comes to ownership, it's very different in Tonga. It's like, everybody what's shares. mine is yours. What's yeah, yours exactly. is mine. Because we're but, all family. But yeah.
1: everybody will, like, live that, actually. Because yeah. yeah. people here say that. And
4: then secretly resent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so these, these uh, six boys, they're like, F school, let's go. And one of them was like, bro, like, I hate this fisherman guy. And they're like, yeah, we all hate them. So they said, let's go borrow his 25-foot boat. <laughs> <laughs> so in the middle of the night one night, they sneak out there, they get all their supplies, and they borrow his boat. <laughs> now, if you guys were going on a 500, potentially 1,500-mile voyage, what would you take?
3: Food. Lots of food.
1: That's it. Food and water. <laughs> Nothing else, nothing else. so they they
4: took two bunches of bananas <laughs> a, food, a couple coconuts, water water, <laughs> a pack of sausages, and a stove. Mm. OK, they took, like you two, zero maps. <laughs> zero compass. And
1: zero water. Bro, Polynesians didn't have no maps or compass. They (laughs) They used the the stars stars and the currents, bro. Bro, this is like, you ever seen Moana, bro? Still, though, (laughs) they still be using that. (laughs) I went in the mid 2000s. We're fishing with soda cans. (laughs) All
4: right, so they take the boat, they set off. It's idyllic. The weather is beautiful, everything's going good. They're like, oh, man, this is adventure. This is life. They cast out their soda can line, pull back a fish and eat. And they're like, man, we did the right thing, you know? <laughs> and uh, David, the youngest, he's the best sailor. So, like, David, like, do the thing. <laughs> and so, David starts doing all this stuff and they take off. Sun sets, beautiful tongue, and they probably see a whale. And <laughs> bro, they just like, they're like, man, we'd made the right really decision. Really living. Yeah. <laughs> like, secure the boat and they all go to bed. That night, they are woken up with water coming over the top of their body. A huge storm out of nowhere. They wake up to tumultuous waves. Like, the boat is about to capsize. So, in a fright, they yell, you know, David, like, fix it. <laughs> <laughs> so, David, hurry up. He runs to the sail. They, they raise the sail. Raise the sail. The <laughs> oh, wind shit. takes the sail away. <sighs> Freak, steer us back. <laughs> they try to steer. <laughs> Rudder, gone. <laughs> Dude, they're fighting for their lives.
1: Rain, rain, call away. Yeah.
4: <laughs> they do an anti-rain dance. <laughs> uh, their anchor, the, the anchor they had thrown down, that rips away. They are completely, without anything, drifting in the middle. And now, like, the, the storm lasts so long, they have no idea where they are. And they think, maybe we're, like, halfway to Samoa in the north. But they have no idea. Quickly, they run out of their bananas. Quickly, they run out of their coconuts. Quickly, they run out of their water. So they're, they're left eight days with catching rain in a coconut husk, trying to fish, but they like get one fish or something that whole time. And they're close to like dying. Death. And they're out in the middle of nowhere. They're just aimlessly floating. It gets so bad, they can have one sip of water in the morning and one sip of water at night. That's the only liquid they have.
3: It's bro, I'm getting thirsty. I'm <laughs> going yeah, to take a drink,
4: bro. <laughs> Exercise my privilege right here.
3: Don't forget to drink water. Yes. Everybody
1: out there, stay hydrated. Yeah.
4: All right. So it's bleak. And I'm sure they're all like, man, freak adventure, bro. This sucks. <laughs> and one night they're drifting and they're, you know, they're all in a hungry daze, no water, just lying down. And out in the distance, they see a dark mass they see land they get the boat is going towards the land too and I'm thinking man this is this is probably like our our best chance at survival we got to get to that land so these young boys circle up and they say a prayer and this is how i imagine it going something like uh dear jesus christ <laughs> we uh we think you make a mistake cuz this sucks <laughs> uh We see the land. Please help us to make it safe. Help us to have foods, water, Uh, maybe wife. And happy. (laughs) Make us happy. Uh, If you think to bring us more trial, don't. (laughs) Or make a bunch to the sky. Uh, And please bless Tonga to always smash in the rugby. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. Anyway, 15-year-old Mono, everyone's weak. They're like lying ground. 15-year-old Mono's like, I'll jump in and I'll try to make it. So they say their prayer. Eddie would go. Eddie would go. And he jumps in, (sighs) battling the waves. And it's crazy because he's like a mad good swimmer. But obviously, he has like zero strength in his body. Right. Makes it closer to the land, gets smashed right into the like super sharp rocks, cut, bruised, feels sand. Stands up and he says the entire world spins and he like falls to his hands and knees. And he's crawling, crawling. The way is crashing behind him and he puts his hand out and he feels grass. And he just lays on his back. Calls out into the night. I made it. And energized by this, the rest of the boys jump in the water, swim to the, the island. They make it. This is night one. After maybe taking a moment to say thank you, they need water. So they search. No fresh water. And like I said, straight up cliffs. So they're just stuck on this tiny little strip of, of beach. Mm. What they do find is a pretty abundant supply of seabirds sea or seagulls. I don't know if they're the exact same, but they call them seabirds. Mm. So they find the seabird nest, crack the egg, drink the egg. But they need more water, so they take the seabird, crack the neck, and drink blood. Fuck.
0: That's hard, bro. That's hard.
4: <laughs> they got to live, bro. That's fob <laughs> While this is happening, boat crashes onto the rocks. Destroyed. They're able to save, like, one or a couple strips of, like, wood. But, like, that's basically Here's it. your boat. <laughs> yeah. God's like, can't make it that easy, bro. Uh
1: are returning it to their friend because they were barring their friend. Oh, yeah.
4: <laughs> no, they barred it from a dude they hated. Really. Oh, okay. <laughs> after, after that old guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it said it was like a local fisherman all the boys hated, and they unanimously were just like, yeah, we're like, we'll take his boat. <laughs> all right. So I'm sure they go to sleep that night under the stars right on the beach after they drank the blood. They stand up, and they're like, next day, next morning, they wake up, and they're like, all right, this is really serious. we got we got to set some rules and they decide right there and then they're going to go back and focus on the traditional ways of their people they are they have to stick together they will open every day and close every day with a prayer and a hymn they said if we argue separate come back and at the fire you have to like resolve whatever's going on they said about that Nights around the fire were for air and grievances. If anybody had something they didn't like, they talked about it. And then we say sorry. And then we pray and everything's okay, says Sione. One of the two eldest boys who took on a leadership role, if someone got really mad, like if I planned on something, they didn't want to do it, you disappear for a few hours, look at the ocean, clear out your mind, and then come back. (laughs) And then they're also Tongan. So every day, daily exercise. You had to exercise. He had to get big. (laughs) So they're on this lower part of the island. And they're scavenging everything they can. And they live like this for the first three months. Drinking the egg, drinking the blood. And that's like what they subsided on. Anything they could catch. But like zero fire, zero shelter. There was like an overhang of rock and they would like sleep in that for shelter. Wow. And... They would try over and over to try to get up the cliff, but it was so like steep, so dangerous. So they'd like look for other spots to try to get up. They couldn't for the first three months. Holy cow! Um, there was a outcrop halfway up the cliff that they found, and they found really old primitive knives, and they used these knives to now cut like more coconut. So now they had like access mm, to water. Wow! And more energy, and they decide we've got to make it to the top. So the boys get together, they plan, and they finally find a path, and they're able to make it all the way to the top of the island. And at the top of the island is a crater of a dormant volcano. But also the remnants of all the people who used to live on the island.
3: Oh, yeah.
4: So now they make it to the top, dude. They have, like, supplies.
3: Shelter, water. Oh, yeah. Because it the coconut water.
4: First thing they do is they're like, we got to start a fire. So one of the boys, he's like, I, I know how it's supposed to be done. And he sits there and he like starts making a primitive fire, a friction fire. And they said it took him like hours. But he gets the fire going. That first night, they have a feast. Ooh. And this is what they eat. Bananas, taro, tortoise, birds, wild beans, and fish. Ooh. Like they make everything they can. Yeah. And they, and so they're up in this new place. They have access to like all this new stuff. They have this big feast. Morale is up. And the boys are like kind of coming to terms that they might be here for quite a while. It's already been three past three months. Forgot to mention, while they're down on the lower part, they see a ship in the distance. They scream, they yell, and it comes and goes. Ugh. Okay, so they're up here. They have their feast. Their feast. One of them remembers, hey, my dad, he told me you can get water from the trunk of this tree. So they find this specific tree, and they dig, like, way far down in the tree. And overnight, it fills up with, like, a well of water. Oh, what the? So now they have water, food. While they're sleeping at that night, they hear a rooster. And they realize there's, like, hundreds and hundreds of wild hen left from Hell the people who used yeah, to live yeah, brother. They quickly build like a hut out of grass, set it up and they're, they're kind of living large. Um, But while they're doing this in this new area, they're like setting up all this stuff. They come across the bones of an old man and they kind of have a solemn moment where they gather around. They stare at this dead body and all of them know that could easily be their fate. So they say a prayer, they dig a proper grave and they give them a real burial as they're setting up out in the distance. They see another boat going by. They run to the cliffside and yell, and the boat comes and goes. Fast forward a while, they are fully into routines. They all have chores every day. They all have a role to do. They start When they started that first fire, they vowed never to let that fire go out again. Oh. So they started the fire here, they built the shelter, and they brought the fire into the shelter, and someone's job was to tend to that fire day and night. Oh. Every night they would close the prayer with like, please keep our fire alight. And every morning they woke up and that fire was still going. That's beautiful. Someone had to sit on a ledge and just watch the ocean. Just make sure they didn't miss another boat. Yeah. Uh, they had to collect eggs from like the the seabirds and they were really smart. They, uh, they only ate as much as they could. They only ate the wild seabirds mm-hmm. and it was
3: two birds a day for all of them like not eating the hens you're saying.
4: Yeah. And at night they start Hella, a game eggs? where they chase hens. And so every night they just chase the hens through the jungle and make a game like DJ. <laughs> Except unlike DJ, they're able to catch <laughs> 200 hens, bro. Oh. And they fashion like huge pins for them and they have 200 so now they have all the eggs they want. Hell yeah. Up in this new place they have papaya, they have taro. They uh one of them or they all remember like the plantation or the farming so they make a full on farm. Bro, this is sounding pretty pretty nice to me. My bad dude, I should have been showing photos. Let's go to the next photo. So this is where Tonga is if you'd have no idea. It's northeast of New Zealand way out in the Pacific Ocean. Go next. It's a close up of Tonga. So if you look There's Tongatapu, the main island, Nuku'alofa, where they started. Mm -hmm. And where they ended up is,
3: yeah, you can't see it. Is it Atata?
4: No, it's under Inu.
3: Under Inu. Oh, what the?
4: (laughs) Way out there. So that's where the
1: boys are. Uh, And and they were trying to go where? Fiji? Bro, they were trying to go north. (laughs) (laughs) They made it 30 miles. (laughs) (laughs) The opposite direction.
4: This is like the cliff they lived three months in. Shoot. Wow. Next. So they start to draw more upon the traditions of like everything they were told as kids and like the way of their people. They make a full on farm and they have like a very thriving farm going. One night they're sleeping and the boys are woken up to a loud crack. And they're looking around and all of a sudden a huge crash through the roof of their shelter. A 40-foot tree fell and landed right by where they were sleeping. Oh. Like feet away. One day they wake up. They're doing their chores. Two of the boys go out. They're collecting eggs from the wild seabird. And uh, one of them looks up. Let's just say Sione looks up and sees his friend. He's going to go down and last one. And these are treacherous ass hills, like straight down. He's going to go down to this last nest. And he sees him just. Oh, Follow over the ledge of the cliff. Terrified that he just watched his friend die, he yells for the other boys. All the boys come and he tells them what happened. He fell, he fell, he fell. So carefully they climb down and they peer over the edge of the cliff expecting to see the worst. Way far down there, they see their friend fallen and landed on a tiny ledge on like the side of the cliff. And he's alive. But his leg has like a compound fracture, bone sticking out of his leg.
3: Mm-mm.
4: I have no idea how, but they climb down, pick him up, and they like bring him up the cliff. They're like holding hands? Yeah. They lay him down and they, once again, like call upon the traditions of their ancestors. They, I'm sure they go get that freaking magic pesto from your grandma. <laughs> and, and they uh, start rubbing it out? Yeah, dude. They like push it in. They like put pressure on it and they do rub and they tell him no more working for you like we'll pick up your slack and they roast the shit out of him the whole time (laughs) so they call him like King Tupo every time they're like it's okay you lay by the fire I'll do your job you know and they just roast his ass bro they build a gym a primitive ass gym I have a photo in a minute but not right now we'll go to it in a second life's pretty good They are slowly building strength. They're getting stronger, and they're like, let's try to go home. Now, remember, they think they're north. They think they're, like, halfway to Samoa. So they build a raft, and that's what that photo was, if you want to pull that up. They build a raft. They, like, use all their energy and make this raft, and they set out on a voyage, and they make it, like, less than half a mile or something away from the island, and it falls apart. They have to swim back.
3: Bro, who is there Mm. taking all these pictures for them? (laughs) we'll, We'll cover that.
4: But lucky for them, they started going south because they thought they were north, like in Samoa. Yeah. And they were going south where they would have just like gone out into the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So it's like a huge blessing that their boat crashed, you know, or their raft. they would have
3: been toast.
4: They get back to the island, they're pretty disheartened, and they see a boat going in the distance. And it comes and goes.
2: (sighs) Oh, for three.
4: (laughs) S- six months later, they're living like this. They build a bad... Yeah, you want to pull up, pull up the next photos? Bro, that's the gym <laughs> they build. It has like a bench chair. It's like rocks and sticks and wood. <laughs> they build a gym. They're getting stronger. Everyone's healed. Everyone's happy. They're convinced at this point they're staying on the island forever. There's no rescue. Mm-hmm. They build a badminton court. They play sport. One of them builds a guitar. He sings every day. They sing hymns. They say prayers and they're just like in this fully (laughs) fledged, like making it work for society, bro. Yeah.
3: Yeah, They caught 200 chickens, badminton. Oh, they also boxed dude. Yeah. This all sounds great (laughs) to me. Like I'm finna leave and do that right now. (laughs) All right. So this finally
4: brings us up to where I started in the way beginning. One day they're doing their chores And they look out, yells, boat, there's a boat. Manu runs to the cliff, looks over, and there's a boat. And this boat is closer than the three or four, I think it's three or four previous boats they had seen. Yeah. They yell, they scream, they holler, and the boat like stops. And it's like, they can, they think it's looking at them. Not wanting to risk it, Manu climbs down to where he can safely dive in, dives in, swims as hard as he can to the boat. Boys follow him. They're all naked. They all have shaggy hair. They're all super dark in the sun. And they swim to the boat, make it to the boat, and they say, help, we need your help. And he says, uh, in perfect English, that's what they said, but they said, my name is Steven. There are six of us, and I reckon we've been here for almost 15 months. Holy cow. <laughs> so the guy, the Aussie dude who's a who's, uh, captain of the ship, his name is uh, Peter Warner. And it's, the ship is just David. That's what it's called. He's super hesitant. They're scared. They have no idea what's going on. Right. They know that some of these perimeter islands they use to, like, send really bad prisoners. So they're, they're wary. And that's why they were really afraid. Mm-hmm. Finally, they're like, all right, pull them up. They pull them up. And they want to test them. So they start asking them all these questions. And the boys are just answering all these questions. They really want to make sure, are you actually from Tonga? And they're like, yeah, we're from Tonga. We're from Nuku'alofa. We went to this school. They show them a picture of the queen. And they're like, who's this? And they're like, oh, that's queen so-and-so. Yeah. After like a long time of interrogation, they finally convince them. They're like, oh, okay, fine. And they're like, we'll take you back. So they start their voyage. After 15 months of surviving on this island, they start making their way back home. <laughs> this story is what Lord of the Flies is based off of. Really? No way. Yeah, that's wild. In Lord of the Flies, Sean,
3: can you like surmise what that book is about? Uh basically it's like uh shipwrecked like teens, preteens and younger kids that Basically, end up on this island, but it doesn't go as well. It turns into kind of like this, uh, hunger games, hunger games. Basically, yeah, there's a kid who they call like Piggy or
4: something, and they yeah. like want to kill him and eat him. And it like it devolves really quickly, he to might savage. actually
3: be killed in that, <laughs> but 100%. Yeah, it devolves super fast. Just the more baser instincts of survival. So, uh, they start making their way home,
4: they get to Nuku'alofa immediately police arrested what the? you stole a boat <laughs> <laughs>
3: and,
4: the, and, the, uh, <laughs> and the fisherman did not like him and he's like i want to press charges so they arrested him <laughs> yeah, but um, can
3: they prove they stole the boat
4: yeah well like the boys confessed but uh, they get back and they're like we thought you were dead dude funerals have been f- held all of you have had funerals all of your families think you're dead it's this huge like celebration after they like got arrested. Yeah, they get arrested. I think maybe Peter, the the fisherman, kind of like helped take care of whatever <laughs> funds or fees. So they, the boys are actually from like a smaller island, not the main island. Mm-hmm. So they take them home and there is footage of this, but uh as they're coming home to their island, the entire population of the island is standing on the beach what? waiting for them. That's like wild. singing, praying, crying. The boat like comes close to the shore. Their mothers run into the ocean, grab their boys. They have the biggest feast. Like everyone on the island is there. They're just like rejoicing, happy family. They're back They're They're, you know, it's just the best. And they have a huge feast. And in this feast, they have this certain type of crab that's only near Tonga. And Peter, the the, the Aussie dude, is like, dude, this is the best crab he's ever had in his life. King of Tonga is so happy. You've done this beautiful thing for my country. Peter, what do you want? I'll give you something. (laughs) And Peter says, I want to open up a fishing company out of Tonga. Fishing these crabs. These are the best crabs ever had. King of Tonga says, done. (laughs) And Peter looks at the six boys and says, do you guys want to come work for me? And the six boys say, yes. And so they get to live their life of adventure like on the sea. (laughs) They work for them. He moved, Eventually, Peter moves to Tonga, and him and Mono are, like, close friends. Mono talks about Peter as being, like, a father to him. Huh. And for 30 years, he's, like, lives on Tonga. He's one of his best friends, and they work, and they build this, like, fishing, crabbing empire together. That's sick. Um, Peter actually passed away last year doing what he loved. He was, like, 95, 96, 97 or something like that. He was out boating, and his, his boat flipped, capsized, and he passed away. At 95? Mm. Yeah. Shh. <laughs> Um, Karen, she told this story on My Favorite Murder, and yeah. she wraps it up, and it's so beautiful, and she makes poignant points. And I was, like, kind of teary-eyed thinking about <laughs> it. So if you want something that's really well-delivered, go listen to that. Hmm. But basically what she's saying is, like, every you know kid in the West grows up reading Lord of the Flies. And that story is a, a story about children on an island who, like, war yeah. each other. There's a lot of... um huge rift between them and it ultimately ends in death. Yeah. And she said, I think we should instead study the true story of the Lord of the flies and the story of these boys who like in the time of turmoil came together, mm-hmm. worked together and drew upon like the traditions of their people and were able to survive.
3: Oh yeah. hundred percent. And that is
4: the story. Do you want to go to the last photo? That's them with uh, Peter and they're starting their company. And I think there might be one more. And here's them. Here's the boys. That's the story of the Tongan castaways.
3: That's wild. That's
4: dope. So this story was like out there in the ether. It was covered by a paper in Australia. Uh And they took a crew out to Tonga and they filmed. Like the boys took them back to Ata. And that's why I have all those pictures uh, Yeah, because they told the story themselves. And they are like, yeah, we lived here for three months and just drank these freaking seabirds. And then we went up there. <laughs> so you can watch this documentary. It's so dope. And it was kind of out there in the ether floating around. And someone found it on a blog and they were like, yo, like this story needs to be known more. And so it's an author. I can't remember his name. Let me just look real quick. It's uh, Humankind, A Hopeful History by Rutger Bregnum. And you can get that on Amazon. So he like wrote an article, 60 Minutes, covered it, and like did this whole documentary thing on it. So it's pretty freaking wild. I pulled up some,
2: I think, the footage from the homecoming. If you guys yeah. wanted to see Oh, it. sick.
3: Families don't
2: think we have changed too much. A few of us had girlfriends too. Perhaps they won't remember.
0: Along the waterfront, the word was spreading, our boys have come back. Then it was time... Time for laughter and for tears, for smiles and words of endearment, as the long heartache eased.
3: He's like, "Ma, <laughs> I've been away for fifteen months. Why are you smother?" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going back to the island. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: wow. it's that's, pretty cool. That's you, a if cool you have time, story.
4: You should watch this thing. It's it's touching. It's crazy.
3: But yeah, oh. it makes you wonder, like. If, that, if, if we were in that situation or, like, in a group in that situation of just, like, lost. Well, bro, like, first
4: of all, I'm not Tongan, so I couldn't do half of what they did. <laughs> like, carry their homie up the, the cliff, you know? I'd just be like, you're dead. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Throw down big rocks to end your misery. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like,
3: sorry. Yeah, you were,
1: you were trying to go away with the boat. And I was like, I'm going to see what's up.
3: Go away with the boat?
1: Oh, yeah, when yeah, yeah.
3: They, yeah, from last week. Oh, yeah. Like, nah, bro. Nah, effectively
1: bro. <laughs> murdered them. Dude. My people. How dare you, dude? <laughs> JK. That's a really heartwarming story. It's dope, I love that. I've When I've heard, heard that. I was, that. I want to share it with you guys. I want to talk to my dad about that.
4: He's probably, dude, oh, pull up the photo, the last one. The bottom right is your little brother and dad, bro. Look at that. That's like Bubba's face. The bottom right? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know, to
4: me. He looks like a cousin.
1: Yeah, it's almost like they're also Tongan. A <laughs> <laughs> tiny island. It's like a thousand of them. Um.
4: Yeah, talk to your dad. See if he knows anything. I will.
1: Uh, is that you? That's me, dude. Uh, I might call an audible with my stories. I just found. You might what? Call an, call an audible. audible with my stories. So. Uh. The details on this are pretty hazy, so I'll try my best. But continuing along, a somewhat similar theme with uh, the Pacific and historical events. So the U.S. was testing atom bombs, right? World War II. Like Micronesia or something, like Kittabus and stuff?
3: This is how they created Godzilla, I think.
1: Yeah, I'll get to that in a second. So... uh, They were searching for areas to test because originally they were in New Mexico. And I think they're about 50 miles south of Albuquerque. And they tested the atom bomb. And I think the the lead scientist on it said that none of us on the entire team that worked on this preconceived the actual results. Like it was just that much... more Uh, powerful powerful and drastic than any of us dreamed of thought of they still had some some tweaking to do and they kept doing testing after bombing japan so they're like we need to find some place to do this so what do they do they sail around the pacific and they find an atoll so this atoll it's not even an island it's like a skinny strip of land and if you look at it it's like a ring. There's water in the middle, but there are inhabitants there, and the name of the atoll is called Bikini. Oh, have you heard of this? Yes, the Bikini Atoll, bro. Yeah, so Kalima will pull it up on screen. That's the Bikini Atoll. So there's inhabitants there, and they say this is the perfect uh, place to test. The bomb, they're going to test it in the water. Uh, but they get there, and the US Navy or the military is trying to convince them to move away from the island. They say, the We want, yeah, the people. They say, We want to borrow your island.
3: Borrow your island. Yeah,
1: much like the boat. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to borrow your island. And there's videos of the people. So actually, I think National Geographic goes down. With them to to do this whole thing, so it's so this process is extensive, and they want to market it, make it propaganda for the people back home, and they have the people reenact these white people coming on ships and landing and uh, uh, bringing them gifts and saying we want to we want to uh, borrow your island for some testing or whatever, uh, and they use uh, basically religion to convince them they said like god has sent us like the good lord jesus like wants this to happen this is a good thing they convince them and the people are like okay thank you and there's videos of them getting on the boats and like waving at everybody and this is heartbreaking bro. and they take them away and they commence their testing obviously okay first off this bomb is i think at least three times bigger than the ones that they dropped in japan obviously there's no place for these people to return back to Oh, yeah so uh, and uh kalima just just brought up the picture this sparks a huge controversy there are people in the states who are livid about this and rightfully so um but this uh it becomes like a cultural shift this is where the term the bomb becomes like popular
4: like, like that's the bomb
1: yeah like people say like oh yeah that's the, oh this food is the bomb or whatever Yikes. you know um, atomic was a really like popular word back then like you described to you'd say it to describe somebody who was cool mm. like that girl's atomic or uh it, it was just it created this whole cultural shift uh China.
4: That girl's Hiroshima, bro. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Flat. <laughs> uh, China took this and used it and uh that's cre- used it to create a story of how the US made this bomb and from it came a radioactive beast. Are you and, sure that terror- Godzilla terrorizes, I mean, Japan? terrorizes the Pacific?
4: That's Japan made that.
1: No, China made Godzilla originally. Do not take that away from me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe i'm wrong why is that the details are fuzzy i know it's a japanese thing but i think they marketed it to japan mm. as propaganda so japan like took it on uh a famous uh fashion designer in france named his new scanty beachwear bikini just because it was a popular word,
4: like the word bikini wasn't used before that.
1: No,
3: what, named
1: dude. named his uh, new fashion trend bikini just because it was a popular word and people were talking about it.
3: And Bro, they also need to that, and though. also the symbolism
1: of it because <laughs> Let's cancel that shit. Because dude, how
3: come bikinis haven't been canceled? Yeah,
1: the symbolism of it too because before that, like it was all about like dressing modestly. So this was like something taboo yeah. you couldn't do. Just like how like, stealing an island like it was wrong, you know?
4: You want to know why? Because no one gives a shit about Micronesians, bro. <laughs> Unfortunately.
1: Yeah. But uh, that's the story of uh, the Bikini Atoll, how the Bikini came to be, Godzilla. Brothers, there's more to uh, that story.
4: Are you going to go into it?
1: I was doing a bunch of research, a.k.a. watching a ton of YouTube, and I didn't get through all of it. But that was, like, 20 minutes worth of what I what I did watch.
4: Just to wrap it up a tiny bit more, this is also the theory and origin story of Bikini Bottom. Oh, yes. Yes, with SpongeBob. SpongeBob.
1: They did talk about that.
4: Yeah. And it's like they live in Bikini Bottom. All of the creatures are supposed to be a result of like radioactive Mm -hmm. uh, things. So like a sponge who has like... You know what I mean? The plankton, all these friends and stuff—they're all like radioactive. The flowers in the sky in SpongeBob are like supposed to be explosions. Yeah, it's all based off
3: that, bro. Yeah, that conspiracy though—crazy,
2: <laughs> <laughs> dude. That that bomb is the reason why Micronesians like they pretty much have a free pass to become U.S. citizens. Yeah, and access to like U.S. healthcare and stuff. <laughs> So a lot. That's the reason why a lot of Micronesians are in Hawaii because it's the closest place. They just America. completely wiped out their home.
3: That's wild, freak, dude. That's Super crazy. I love that. Yeah, I hate Terrifying, that, but I love
4: it. Love it.
1: Learning about it, all of it. Yeah. Uh, the story I did prepare tonight. I'll give a little preface uh, because it's going to be the bonus. Oh, uh, I'll give you a little taste, but it. it we're continuing uh, the theme of uh, the water, and. Uh, We're taking it to the other side of the planet, uh, much colder. It's Russia.
4: I mean, sweet.
1: So in the 1900s, a Russian submarine was traveling. And on their radar, they see six objects traveling in formation, heading towards them at speeds of over 260 miles an hour. They stop, and so does the unidentified craft on their radar. Fearing for the worst, the captain of the submarine calls for an emergency surfacing. They start moving up. He's and like, hell <laughs> no. I think they're about 300 meters underwater, which isn't super deep. Uh, they start heading up and they can see somehow through their radar that the aircraft is also moving up and following with them.
3: Wait, is it an aircraft up in the air or is it somewhere? in
1: the water. In the water. So
3: whatever kind of craft. It's like in the water and it's surfacing with them. Yeah. For frick, bro. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, The captain is quoted, uh, Yuri Beketov, says we repeatedly observed that the instruments detected uh, the movements of material objects at unimaginable speed. He said that the speed—it's hard enough to travel 250 miles an hour on land, let alone in water. And I think the current world record for the fastest like craft, underwater craft, is like 230.
3: And it's like in knots, so you don't even really know. It's yeah. like <laughs> a lot of knots.
1: Um. But this, uh, whatever these uh, unidentified uh, underwater crafts are, it's mimicking them. And they get to the surface, and it gets even crazier. And that's what I'll be sharing for <laughs> our patrons. So uh, patrons and non-patrons, uh, head to our link in our Instagram bio. It'll take you to our Patreon page where you can listen to this story. So we're here at the surface of the ocean, the Russian submarines, and they have these unidentified crafts following them. All right, we're back. What up, every other listener? (laughs) You guys
4: just missed a giant story. Bro, that was the biggest one yet. (laughs) Had me uh, feeling the bends, bro. (laughs) Had my blood boiling. (laughs) <laughs> uh no that was freaking crazy and
3: I'm mind blown. I've kind of like wanted to go to Lake Baikal. Like so of the places in Russia that I've wanted to go to like Baikal, Kamchatka, like a couple of just Crazy outdoor places, or one of some of the places I've wanted to go, and this kind of makes me second guess that
4: <laughs> my, my list of places to go in Russia, uh, nowhere in
1: Russia is number one, <laughs> anywhere else is number two. Did, <laughs> Kalima's uh, wife was a, a sister missionary for the church in Russia,
3: that's so crazy. I think St. Petersburg yeah. and Moscow would be cool too.
1: She was in um, Siberia,
3: oh. oh, yeah,
2: she has
1: crazy stories.
2: Did she huh? go to the Ural yeah. Mountains? Yeah, she was in the Euromar.
3: That's freaking wild.
4: I saw there was a documentary on YouTube of like the day in the life of this poor Siberian woman. Holy shit, bro. <laughs> the bleakest thing I've ever seen. She like wakes up. It's like 40 below. <laughs> she has like salted water for breakfast. And her job, she like walks in the frozen forest and tries to find berries. And she tries to collect berries and then sell and the them. Frozen
3: berries? Dude, it's so bleak.
4: Everything you is there? muddy, everything's sloshy, everything is sad and gray and move. Vodka. And she, like, oh,
1: vodka. Move. Yeah, literally.
0: I know, I know like the people in
4: Nevada. It's like, what are you doing, bro? Like, go anywhere. It doesn't have to be like Take a direction and walk. <laughs> yeah. Could be different. Yeah. Anyway, be your own change in your life out there.
1: Make moves. Be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Uh,
4: tonight was super fun. Yeah, no, it was a good time. I loved it. Got some good stories. We could not do this without you. Thank you so much. We continue to grow. And uh, yeah, big things to come.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Until next week. Uh, bye, love you, be safe. Uh, trust your gut, watch your back.
4: Be, hold on, give me a second. Be, be careful out there. <laughs> <laughs> See
1: you, folks. I feel gross, bro. Yeah, I know. I, I legit couldn't remember mine. <laughs> what did you say? So I'm glad you Hi. caught on.
3: Hey, thank you so much for tuning into to this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon, where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3 AM Pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, The3AMPodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions.
1: A new podcast from Crowd Network.
0: True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs,